Hey y'all, welcome back to Feed Me Your Construction Content. I am the ever-popular Carolyn McMahon. And I'm the exhausted Joshua McMahon. Yes, dear, you're back from a big trip. Big work trip. Left Sunday morning at 8.30ish. Got into Asheville, North Carolina. 6.30 time frame. Stayed out till dinner till probably 10. Early morning on Monday. Started at 7.30 and ended at 9. We did that for three days straight and then drove home this morning. So so me and the girls are happy that you're back. I'm happy to be back. I'm ready to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> get back on my normal routine. Okay. You just, you can't sleep without, without a dog on your head. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. Well, I'm willing to give them up. They can sleep on your head tonight. Nice. I'm ready. All right. Cool. Well, so this episode uh, hits home for us. It's uh, very personal. As um, we've hinted in the last couple of episodes, we have been in the process for quite some time to buy a piece of land, build this house, and then, you know, we back and forth on what we're going to do with it. Are we going to live in it? We're going to sell it. We are all over the board, but it has taken Josh years to convince me to get to this part. So it's, it's really about having uh, a good vision. Well, and selling I, on selling you on it. I didn't have a good vision because it took ten years to get to here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right? Maybe I I couldn't see it, and then you know, part of it was maybe you just wore me down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> I was like, look, just have all of our money, every dime we've ever saved, and just go go chase this dream. I mean, I remember the first time that I finally agreed to it, we had put an offer in on a piece of land very close to our current home and man we got beat out so fast and uh, I think a builder in the area got it but I'm like you know what at least it allowed me to to go out there and do it so since then we've really enlisted the help of our realtor who uh, helped us with our last house Kevin Long with Hometown Realty he's been super great he's very very patient with me (laughs) in our email and text threads but he's been putting us on um, couple of leads, which we finally tracked down. We had an acceptable offer, which went through multiple iterations. And yay, we are under contract. So that part's good. And then now what part are we in now, Josh? We're in the stress out. Eat what's <laughs> left in the house because we don't have any money left. <laughs> oh, yes. The Carolyn says that we're broke. <laughs> we haven't spent a dime. Well, no, no, that's not true because we have spent some money. We have spent some money. And if the bank that we're using happens to be listening, it's all a joke. You know that we have money. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to bounce a check to you. Yeah, I think it's been an exhausting process before we even get into where we are today. The land search has been ongoing for nine months minimum. We found the perfect lot right around the corner from the home that we currently live in, put in a full price offer, and we were outbid. Quickly. But it was good because we broke the ice and we we got out of our comfort zone and we did it. Then it probably took another three months of looking at several pieces of property, finding the one, going and looking at it, finding out it's not the one, it's next to a dump or or a used car lot and used car by, you know, 60-year-old car sitting in the driveway on blocks. Yeah, so do your due diligence. Go rot out to the lot, please, for God's sakes. Yeah, gas is expensive, <laughs> but it was worth the trip to go out there and check it out, see what the, the homes around it look like. You know, does this match our vision? And we finally found a lot that matched our vision. It's in the county that we want to be in. It's a corner lot. 
four minutes to the to the interstate, twelve minutes to Carolyn's job. Woohoo! So it checked all the boxes and one. <laughs> yes. Now I will I will admit it still has a murder shed on the lot. That's what makes it worth the money we're paying. <laughs> you know, at least there's not any squatters in it that I know of, but you know, it's great. And there's only one broken down vehicle on the lot. Uh, I think there's two. Oh, I think that second one's on the lot too. It, I don't think it is, man. It will be. Because oh, then we're going to get it hauled off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right, right. Too bad the dilapidated mobile home can't be dragged on our lot. That's, it. that's, that's part of the vision. It's, it's going to happen. That's right. So, yeah, so here here's part of her journey so far. We wrote the, the offer. The first offer we made was, you know, an, an insulting offer, so to speak. <laughs> but, you know, we, we took a stab at it because the market's shifting. We thought it was the right time to make kind of a crazy offer. We we knew what our target number was, and we, we made an offer that was $25,000 less than that target offer just to kind of get things moving. They came back with a counter offer and uh, we said, Hey, we don't want to play around. This is what we need to be. Get your sellers to this number and let's, let's make it happen. And, and we did, we got exactly what we wanted in the end. Yeah. So finally, but it's interesting with the land piece because every time that we have moved in the past last few times, it's always been because we can't find an existing home that we like, or we're mm-hmm. just getting beat out in this stupid market. Yes. So we're like, you know, damn it. We're just going to have to buy new construction. But this time, it's new construction with a twist. We still have to buy the land. We still have to do this dance about getting beat out, outbid. So that's been extremely frustrating. And then we are the builder for this. On a daily, I am with buyers who experience the feelings of uh, doing all these things, trying to finance the project, etc. So it's really personal. There's a lot more at stake with a construction loan, I feel, than just doing new construction with someone else. Don't you agree? Well, I think it's more challenging. You have to jump through a lot more hoops. Maybe it's the same hoops because you're, you're still divulging every piece of your financials, your position, your rental properties, your debt to income ratio. All of that stuff is heavily scrutinized. Right. Your credit you're being, scores. You're being judged. <laughs> well, you're, I think you're being violated. <laughs> and we knew what to expect just from buying homes in the past. And we jumped. We were jumping through every hoop. You asked for a piece of paper or a document. We were jumping to get that document to the bank. We wanted this to move very quickly, so we weren't holding this up. And we found a great bank that would finance the land and the construction loan and then partner with another bank to do the, the conventional loan when everything was complete, when the work was complete. I might have that a little bit mixed up. but Yeah, so so we're, we're dealing with that. So what's interesting to us is we qualified for the end loan. So when the, the construction loan <laughs> turns into a permanent loan, we've been qualified for that, but we have yet to be qualified for the construction loan. And again, you learn all these things, what an acceptable DTI is, you know, if it's different for a conventional loan versus a construction loan, all of these things. And, you know, you have to be willing to go the distance and, you know, financially, if you can, I mean, it's, it scares me. You all know that I'm the financial manager in our house, no more eating out, but an outlay of cash like that, you know, has me a little struggling. Maybe I need to pick up a second job. Anybody hiring? <laughs> <laughs> so I go into full panic mode before there's even anything to panic about. But it's moving forward. We are going to be closing on the lot on April 20th. Hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But then, you know, what have we had to do thus far? And so many things that I didn't understand. While I work for a builder, I'm not part of the permitting process. The soil tests. I mean, I've heard those those terms bounce around a lot, but I never really knew what they meant. 
what do you mean you can like look at soil and figure out if you can do a traditional septic or if you have to do an alternative septic? All of those terms. So thankfully, we can do a traditional septic, which according to Josh, that just means it's a lot less money. So I'm all all over that. Yeah, it's a big saving. So so that's part of the due diligence. We we made the offer on the house. We got the deal we wanted. We wrote the contract. The contract was was ratified. Everything's in motion. But we had a 30-day due diligence period. And part of that due diligence was to pay, to have a survey done, to understand what lot, what piece of land is actually ours. We're looking at the plat, but that's that's just a piece of paper. And you, how good is that, right? So you had to pay the money, 1200 bucks to get the survey done. How to get a soils report to, to understand if our land would perk so that we, what type of septic system were we looking at? You know, we had a budget of twelve to $15,000, but if the soil is not good, that, that could easily be doubled. And, and if it's doubled, do you then walk away from the deal because it's no longer within the numbers, right? The numbers don't lie. If the numbers tell you don't build, this land is not good enough, or the place you want to put it is not good enough, move on. Right. So trying to get used to that, because in my mind, you know, a survey is uh, 500 bucks. Josh is like, well, that survey is a little different than what we're talking about now. And thankfully, we did because this land had been in the owner's possession for years. There were all kinds of rods in multiple corners. We had no idea where the land was, where our lot was, rather. And so that part was interesting. I'm trying to learn as much as I can, but went out there with the surveyor. It's just kind of interesting digging up stuff and finding the, the raw in the ground to figure out, you know, where you're. Where property your, corner? Yeah, where your property corner is. Mm-hmm. And our lot took this kind of weird shift that on paper, again, you just can't you can't really see it. Right. That's exactly it. So it was very beneficial. But I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great lot. It is going to be great. Everything we've seen is panning out exactly what we want. We have, let me touch on the feasibility piece, the due diligence. So we've spent $1,200 on the survey. We also spent $1,200 on the soils test and getting drawings for, for permitting. So $2,400, and we don't own the property yet. Oh, and we bought the plan to build it. And the plan to build it, which, okay, so the plan to build it, we can take that plan anywhere, so it's not necessarily a sunk cost into this property. But when you think about that, that's $4,400 that we've spent on land that we don't own. (laughs) So you're thinking, I want to go build a house. I want to do all these things. Okay, but you need to understand there are going to be costs before you even can put a shovel in the ground. And I think this is something that we we all take for granted and we just don't think about. Right. But we have done it. We've we've spent the money. We're excited about it. We've bought the plans. We've gone through. We're starting to redline the plans this weekend. We're going to go through and say, okay, what windows, what window sizes do we want to move windows? How do we want this to look? Because we want this to be our home. Well, right. And so for me, it's, it's a balancing act. It's really easy to get carried away and overbuild. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat, especially for a builder and a designer. Well, right. <laughs> you know, it's the devil's playground. I'm, I'm at work and I told this buyer today, I was like, it's all your fault. And she said, what do you mean? I said, you guys do all these cool things and I get to see them and I want them. Yeah. I want them in my house and I get all giddy and excited. So I blame you folks. You just need to help me pay for it. So keep on spending your money on this one thing so I can I can make more money and, and build my dream house. But your design touch and what you put into a home is going to benefit us tomorrow. I, so I'm, I'm okay sure. spending a little more, more money on the design side, whereas my builder side, I'm like, I want to make this a net zero home or a net zero ready home, right? Because I don't want to put solar panels on the house because we're not going to be there for 10 years. So I don't think that we're going to make the money on it or make our money back. 
but I want to make it net zero ready so that it's ready for panels to be installed on the people who buy it after us. Dude. I want the Dude. I Dude. want a very low energy consumption home. I want all these crazy things. I want a really <laughs> high efficient home that nobody will see. see but you'll yeah. know when you get the monthly bill, you'll <clears throat> your your breathing is better. Like all these things that we take for granted. <laughs> don't give two shits about that. <laughs> no, you don't. And and nor nor do most consumers. They don't they don't understand. We have to do a better job of educating them. But the, those are the crazy things that I want to do. But being that this isn't our forever home, we're gonna we're gonna work towards Energy Star certified and some you know really higher end benchmarks, but not the all in Mac Daddy benchmarks. Right. I mean, can. So there's design on a design. Pardon me, design on a dime. Is there build on a budget? No, <laughs> we don't build on budgets. <laughs> of sure. Course. Well, of course. I mean, let's talk about the budget. We have a budget spreadsheet, and we're following it. And I put in there the numbers that I thought things would be. And as we get the actual bid, we're we're plugging it in, and it's it's tallying it up at the bottom, so we know. You know, we have a desired number that we want to be at for land and and building and everything, and our all in price. So what, what I'm getting at is we're getting these bids and we might have something that comes in 10000 over budget. So we have a budget bust. Well, it doesn't mean that no big deal. We'll just make it up later. This isn't DC. The budget has to balance, right? So there's no mysterious money I can print. I mean, I can try and print it, but I think I'll go to jail if I did that. Yes. And, and, and I'm sure the bank is going to tell you, hey, dude, you're, you're done. Yeah. Cut it. Cut it. Because what I'm learning now it's like that shadow limit on a credit card. They will go ahead and let you charge something over the limit, and then they stick it to you later. So sure, you can overspend on your construction loan by $10,000. And when you close, you get a big old fat bill for the $10,000 plus the closing costs. So be careful. That's right. Yeah, and that and that's why we're tracking everything, every single dollar spent, even if it's out of our own pocket. So we, we want to know what we have all in on the house. We want to build a really good home. For the price that we think is reasonable, that we can enjoy, so we're not, you know, you're not working the polls on the on the weekends or whatever you think <laughs> you, you're going to you do mean, for wait a, a minute, side wait a hustle. minute, like the election polls? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I don't even know if I'm qualified for that. Certainly not a working girl poll. I'm just let me just say that if we're going to pay for this house, you need to get to work. <sighs> I mean, I was I wanted to work at the bird store part time. Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, they've got polls. Oh, see. Same. I, I said polls. You you went to the wrong place. Feeder, I was thinking bird store. Feeder polls. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd go broke in that place. Cause of, but uh, we're we're really looking hard at the bids, and we're we have a really good good relationships with a lot of trades. So we're going to lean on those individuals, and I want to be loyal to those those individuals. But we want to make sure we're getting the best bang for our buck. Well, sure. And, and I still think that the design end, we can still do things that meet our minimal standards and maybe not do everything today. Yeah. So that that's the big thing. What things can we do today that you have to do? Pre-wiring for certain things, running a gas line for certain things, you know, say a generator, right? Generator option could cost you $30,000 for the generator, the gas and everything else. We might not need a generator today, but maybe we put in the transfer switch and we run the gas line and we we run the electrical. We we install everything that the generators needed, but we don't go the full distance. We don't do the full Monty because it's not necessary today. But once we move in and we lose power two or three times, we're like, shit, we need to pull the trigger and get that generator. Well, right. We we are no longer really in the city. We're kind of in the sticks at this house. So 
I think doing those thoughtful things, I think, will be good in the future again, whether we decide to do it. But I want to do it smart. You know, we built a house before when we had these great plans. They weren't expensive options, but little things like, great, we're going to put this um, sink rough in the laundry room. Our cabinets and sink sat uninstalled for five years. Let me take that back. The cabinets were installed. <laughs> the sink sat in the hole for five years. Josh, let me tell you, he had these grand plans that he was going to wash the dog in the garage. The man wants heat. The man wants air conditioning. I need luxury. He needs luxury. I'm he bougie. Was, he was not about to wash those dogs in the cold. And maybe it was more about the dogs and less about him. So we did these options and things and we never we never saw them through. And I don't want to get carried away. Yeah, you're right. We, we don't want to get carried away on it. And I think we just have to look at the cost. Because remember now, that, that other time we did it with a builder. So what's the builder's cost versus what's the actual cost? Sure. We are the builder now. Right. So those savings, I mean, they're they're directly. But maybe it's $100 to rough in for a sink in, in the garage. Come on. You know Jeff Foster's going to charge us more than $100. No, we plugged him last week. It was free advertising. <laughs> that is worth $100. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> I, I need that rough in, buddy. <laughs> But, but that's the thing, and this is what I say to a lot of my buyers, and I guess I need to take my own advice, is what is the cost of regret? Yes, that's exactly my point. It's identifying need versus want. Hopefully there is a really satisfying middle, right? Where you get most of the things that you want. Maybe some of those stretch items you can delay, but prepare for now, like we talked about. Well, that's where we're we're being smart if it's an upgraded window package and, and instead of it being a $15,000 item it's a $25,000 item but it's not something you can do tomorrow. You can't you can't change your windows. It's not easy to change. So I think you have to be intentional about some of those things. But some of the areas where maybe you make a change is we want to do beams in the in the great room on the ceiling. We want to do a, a a coffered ceiling with trim, but maybe that's something we delete because we can always go back and do it. We want to do built-ins in the in the flex room. Those are the areas where you you cut because it's something we can do later, and it's something that I can do personally. Well, sure. Again, something else I would tell a client who was, you know, waffling about something. I'm like, look, structurally speaking, if you can't do it later, do it now. Everybody understands That's that. right. But if it's something that you can do from a design standpoint, you can do it later. You move in. Our builder, Eric, our builder friend, and I were just talking about it. And I said, look, look if you move in and don't do something, and then you never do it. And obviously you never cared about the option that much to begin with. Because otherwise you'd be motivated to move your ass and get it done. That's that's exactly it. And we are at fault. I mean, we fall victim to that all the time, right? Again, not connecting something, not going the distance. It's best of intentions, but I I think for me, if it if it's just roughed in, I probably didn't want it that bad. Well, right. And of course I'm gonna challenge you on this. I'm not spending twenty five thousand dollars on windows. We can buy them through twelve. I'm I'm not either. I'm just using it as an example that if if this is a window you really want and this is something you want, you can't change it tomorrow. So the I regret know, part is I, know. I didn't do it because it was thirteen thousand dollars, but I don't want to get down the road and be like, I really wish we would have done those upgraded I windows. Know, that's and, and it's such a disheartening thing to say and to hear. Right. You know, someone go, I really wish I would have done that. Or, you know, what I get in my job is, that, oh, well, I really wish I had known about that. I was like, B, you knew about it. Trust me. So I know all these things and I still have to make you know, have, the right decision. We have to make an informed decision. That's why it's imperative that we have our bids. We have our build estimate sheet. We have our selections and we just we really figure out what's most important. What are things we can do tomorrow? What do we need to do today? Where do we need to make improvements? Where do we make make improvements in our bid or our estimates or whatever we're doing to, yeah. to make it happen? What do we need to self-perform? 
Right. Right. What what kind of sweat equity are we willing to do? You know, we talked about that. So there's certainly places that we've identified already that we can do on our own, which we're happy to do. We're not as <clears throat> young as we were. No one likes to install backsplashes. That's just backbreaking. It really is. But we're willing to do it. We've installed cabinets before. Easy, even though you probably don't want me to install your hardware because my head's crooked. But some of those things we, I think we will definitely do. And I think you enjoy doing those. It's something different than the day-to-day. I do enjoy it because the job mm-hmm. is very mentally challenging. It's, it's exhausting. So when you can when you can put your headphones in, you can install cabinets or install a tile backsplash and just really get in the zone of doing that. You don't have to worry about what Johnny's doing or who showed up on what job or what this customer is saying. You're just in your own world for, for an eight-hour day or 16-hour block and just doing the work. Who is this Johnny person you're always talking about? I have no idea. Okay, I'm just curious. Johnny's fic- fictitious. Okay, well, you bring Johnny number five. <laughs> is that somebody? I don't know. Well, that's certainly, I'm probably lost about half of our listeners there. Like, who? What? <laughs> anyway, we're dating ourselves, but that's okay. So it's it's been a journey. We're talking to the lender tomorrow. Exciting. Again, that's yeah, right. It's very exciting. We're T minus almost three weeks to get this done. And that's where the real fun starts. Yeah. And we'd like to do another episode and maybe two or three more episodes just as we get a little bit further in the build, because I'm sure there's somebody out there listening to this who's saying, I have a dream of doing this one day. I want to build a home on my own. I want to be my own custom home builder. I've said it my whole career. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I can't change who I am. And, and I've had employees work for me that are that way. And I don't ask them to change. I lean into it. And I'm like, I can help you be better. So when you're ready to be a custom home builder or building on your own, you're ready to go. This episode and more episodes to come in the future is to share with you what we're learning in this journey, being in the weeds and paying for it so that you can one day do the same thing. Not trying to take anybody's people so they go start their own home building (laughs) business by any means. No, but but please, folks, uh, like and share. So uh, maybe we can... uh monetize this <laughs> <laughs> yeah we <laughs> exactly right thanks for all the listeners mash the follow like carolyn said like share spread the word to your friends and family i think more people in the construction industry will get some value from this and send us your ideas our email or contact information is in the show notes reach out to us let's uh let's hear what your thoughts are let's see who, who wants to be on the show let's have another guest all right thank you so much thanks guys see ya Yeah!